0: Welcome, one and all, across the Alpha Quadrant and beyond to Lower Decks, a Star Trek podcast by Fantastic Geek, your official, unofficial Star Trek podcast. My name is Matt, and joining me, as always, is Pete. Hailing frequencies are open. I'm in the mood for a black hole. Lower Decks,
1: a Star Trek podcast by Fantastic Geek for episode 208, I, Excretus comes to you now via 300 cc's of any type of poison.
0: And just a bit of fleet news before we launch into the episode. Pete, some Star Trek news coming next weekend as Star Trek visits New York Comic Con.
1: Yes, Matt. The New York Comic Con that for the first time in the history of Fantastic Geek, we will not be attending. This, of course, because... Covid cases continue to rise in our area.
0: The uh, the good news, though, for for those attending, and doubtless for uh, you know, th- there's a, a strong tradition of putting uh, putting the panels up on YouTube, uh, you know, legally, officially on 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 the Star Trek channel, or if you're another property on on that channel, uh, those those um, panels occurring. So the Discovery one will be Saturday afternoon. Uh, just recently, the uh, list of attendees, including Sonequa Martin-Green, Anthony Rapp, uh, and others.
1: Yes, and that had been something that uh, was nebulous up until uh, I saw the schedule a couple weeks ago, and I remember texting Matt, no names uh, on the panels, merely and members of the cast. So they finalized who will be there. Great. Um, That the discovery one is an hour. Uh, There will surely be some footage shown. uh, I'm thinking a trailer, possibly a a scene or two, Um, but that'll be it. They're not going to uh, give a a new episode just yet ahead of the uh, season four debut on uh, November 18th on Sunday. And as we were talking off mic prior to recording, interesting that the two are not back to back. A little bit more about that in a moment. On Sunday at 1245, um, there's going to be the Star Trek Prodigy premiere screening. And then afterward, they will have Kate Mulgrew, other members of the cast and the showrunners in a panel.
0: So certainly a hearty offering, I think, obviously a bit, um, eh, I won't say undercut, but here's the reality. The reality is with the uh, the recent rise of the kind of uh, Star Trek PR days, and for once, Pete, I'm not taking a shot at the PR people here, um, but with, with Star Trek Day and with First Contact Day being a thing, you know, they don't need to necessarily roll out more picard stuff now not with prodigy and discovery right on the cusp um is picard coming before the next first contact day yes it is but i think that they i think increasingly they kind of look at it as is there picard buzz out there yes there is is there uh, strange new worlds buzz out there yes there is and that could be revisited at a later point at a more immediate point um and great to see with the uh october release of prodigy getting a prodigy panel at NYCC with the November release of discovery ditto as well it's just the it's the modern state of things now
1: is it a bummer that the premiere of prodigy will happen uh in New York City um almost well a little bit more than uh two weeks before the uh, October 28th stream date it is I'm not really broken up that I'm missing that. Uh, I think, again, that it's been pushed from uh, a back-to-back panel like we've been um, familiar with seeing with Star Trek. You know, they do a Star Trek Universe panel the last couple years. They've split them up. They, clearly, the Pop people came to Star Trek and said, listen, we need to stretch things out a little bit of note Matt. There is no Marvel presentation at New York Comic-Con. There is no Star Wars presentation at New York Comic-Con. Some of these studios and companies have determined it is not safe. You mentioned Picard, uh, one too early before the February premiere to protect Sir Patrick.
0: So certainly uh, on Monday, October 11th, we'll do a uh, Star Trek at New York Comic-Con roundup and certainly look forward to uh, not only reviewing whatever information is shared uh, from the weekend of Star Trek news, but also, as you said, Pete, undoubtedly there's going to be a season four uh, trailer, one with lots of razzmatazz and, you know, super, super excited. Pete, I also wouldn't rule out, I know kind of the short Trek's, uh Bandwagon seems to have faded out a little bit in recent years but I, I believe I remember correctly a couple Comic-Cons ago Kurtzman saying you know and there's a short track that's uh, that's up right now that the, the yes. uh, surprise announcement so you know it's possible uh it, it, it's possible. Well we knew
1: at that point they were coming though they had said there were new ones coming the the surprise was and it's and it's there right now um I don't foresee that coming out of this. And again, it's not a unified Star Trek universe panel. They're splitting between the the two shows um, over the two days.
0: With that, let's get to the ready rundown. Program complete. Enter when ready. Our lower deckers are wrapping up an EV suit mission on a satellite with the Cerritos close by. On the bridge, there's a distress signal, and the Cerritos warps out. No problem, they'll be back for the lower deckers soon. Six hours later, oops, they are. See, everything is fixed, except Mariner is fired up. The command crew doesn't want to hear this guff. There's a drone instructor coming, and all need to be impressive. The drone instructor is Pandronian. It's Shari Yin-Yen, a TAS callback. This one is at the top, splitting into three parts. There are hollow pods that will let each person go through a fun Starfleet situation. Even more fun, lower deck officers will get command scenarios and the bridge crew is headed to the lower decks. Our lower deckers are headed to CMO, Chief Engineer, and two captains. Mariner goes to a mirror universe simulation and must infiltrate the Terran Empire, where she sees a pet Miglio and a horny mustacheless Billups. Mariner finds out the program won't let her get too creative, and it calls her to task for not using her right hand. Take two, Planet Cowboy, and this time she's got to ride the horse, which quickly bucks her, and she fails. She goes to naked time, Everyone's slick and sliding around. So much naked. Mariner opens an airlock and fails on purpose. Meanwhile, Tendi needs to help a Klingon with a grave injury not letting him commit suicide loses points not using a blade to help him commit suicide loses points and not respecting his culture loses points the klingon lives and tendy fails meanwhile rutherford is in the good of the many just got a star trek to it and he's headed into the warp core chamber but the handle is so darn hot he uses his boot to open the door but it's too late fail the three have officer dinner in highfalutin quarters, the food is so good, and they bet the command crew is having a tough time. Cut to the command crew where, they didn't do much and now they're napping, except there's a red alert, they're headed to Klingon encounter where, as foe ensigns, they need to stack crates, repeatedly, even as Q and the Jemadar come along, it's stacking crates, they fail all sans boimler are going to do one more test all together as a bridge crew steal the ship and save spock on the genesis planet mariner orders the command crew to take the ship out but Shax is out of his seat due to a sore back from the bunks mom adds some jibes and all bicker to the point where the ship crashes into space dock there's not even a score for that sorrows are drowned at the bar and wait that was the point says freeman the actual drill is the fact that they have all come together they go see the instructor to thank her for teaching empathy but no the game was rigged for everyone to fail all to prove the need for starfleet drill instructors the sorry crew will be broken up after all it's the ship that abandoned four ensigns and all the scores will be submitted once boimler is done where is he boimler has been in borg encounter he started on a cube, eager to hear the Borg speech. He fires a phaser until that doesn't work, skips over the baby Borg nursery, and jumps into an escape sphere. Mission accomplished. Score 79%. He can do it again, though. He does, saving babies and escaping. 83%. Go again. Save babies and two drones and escape. 84%. Later, he's rescuing more, getting on a runabout and blowing up the cube. 94%. Again. Again. He's finally close to 100%. Now he just needs to not close it out. He even gets to meet the Borg Queen, voiced by Alice Kriege. She notes that he's so close to human. Oh wait, his human skin is a mess. He has ultimately added to the collective. Meanwhile, on the bridge, the crew is prepared to show the instructor real life on a starship. Freeman has 10D scanned for hazardous things in real life. The Cerritos is headed to a crystalline entity by unstable nebula radiation. The ship goes in even closer, being buffeted. It's not good, and the crew is loving it. They blast out of the nebula and head to a black hole, feeding on a temporal rift. The instructor better pass them, or the ship will keep going to dangerous situations. Oh no, gravimetric shear! Oh wait, the ship has passed? Turns out it's just a regular black hole, and the instructor should have known that. So where is Boimler? Boimler in the simulation is a Borg now. He is excretus of Borg and is pulled from the simulation. He saved the day, and Shari Yin-Yem has stepped down. She did teach everyone that the lower deckers need a better replicator. Pesto time! Red alert. All hands stand to battle stations. With that incoming threat analysis, Pete, let's talk about Pandronian drill instructor Shari Yin-Yem.
1: They reached back again into the animated series. Uh, the Pandronian here that can split uh, itself into three pieces and float around. Definitely something for an animated show. Going back to, to BEM here.
0: I had a delightful time uh, clicking around on Memory Alpha in the last couple of days. It has been a while since I've seen uh, BEM, that original TAS episode, um, but I did not realize, i do not which is a long way to say, I don't know if they formally talk more about the Pandronians um, in TAS or if some of this is like, uh, you, you know, surface level, like the writer said so, but just this intent that the Pandronians are actually a series of different, or I guess, three different species that all work in concert, it's just a really, really cool idea, as you say, Pete. Perfect to dust off for animation, not just for the sake of oh, legacy reference or callback. It, it just works. It probably there'd be a certain level of green screen goofiness if you did it. Uh, did it live action? Um, add to it, there was a there was a counterintuitive playfulness to Bem and to kind of get that again here in Shari where you know kind of slightly out of sync with everybody else and then the big reveal being because she's actually pete she's giving standardized tests not to actually test you know not to actually test where people are at but in order to justify the test givers and the and the test taking infrastructure uh i i i got a chuckle out of that whole thing
1: yeah that these are rigged that she's a fraud and ultimately winds up breaking down because of stress and steps down
0: Uh, We have two as a threat this episode, the lack of teamwork, and I think, look, it would have been easy for the show called Star Trek Lower Decks to, you know, as much as we like the bridge crew people, to just paint them as completely out of touch, I like that you have sympathy from both sides. The lower deckers understand some of the, you know, the more uh, life and death or larger decisions that the command crew has to make, and the command crew is also a bit more sympathetic to life at the very bottom, life at the starting point of a, of a uh, starfleet career. You know, it's a very Star Trek message at the end to say, "Oh, I understand you, and you understand me." Who wants pesto? I loved
1: the the false head fake of these drills being difficult were meant to bring us together. No, they weren't. (laughs) You were being conned and screwed. Uh, It was not about creating unity. Uh, But what did it do? It did create unity.
0: Pete, let's set our sensors for some theories. So, Pete, let's talk about the most important takeaway from this episode something that really i think means a lot to many many viewers uh shacks and taana officially hooking up confirmed question mark
1: i think that's been going on throughout
0: okay well good uh i i think we can all feel better that they worked out that naked time
1: <laughs> um the beginning of the episode here you know, the, the bit about being on the satellite relay and then the Cerritos getting the um, the uh, not the warning, the um, the stress call yeah. from uh another vessel trapped in a time loop, keeps giving it again and again, which was cute, warping away, leaving, of course, our titular characters stranded six hours later. They come back, but. What my brain went to is, though it was six hours, how long was Cerritos on that adventure in a time loop?
0: Ooh, that's a fun question. Um, I guess one would hope that they would, that they would have stayed far enough away from the temporal anomaly, um, but I guess there's no guarantee, right? Time, time being super relative, especially when you're dealing with temporal loops, temporal loops, temporal loops. How how long was that, Pete?
1: One of the hollow pods was also a time loop. Um, a crew member named Volus uh, was seen on the big board doing that. Also, Matt, very interestingly, so presented earlier in the episode is the portion where Rutherford does the good of the many, which is the Star Trek II, the Wrath of Khan. Spock go into the, uh, dilithium chamber and save the ship, uh, sequence. Okay. And then they blow up the, um, the refit enterprise in a, in a nice nod as so many of these were later while, um, the time loop is viewable on the, uh, the big board. Rutherford is listed on it as still being active in the good of the many.
0: Um okay, I would I would land on the side of continuity error. I think part of the part of the humor of um particularly the Tendian and Rutherford um, simulations is how quickly they fail, how quickly and spectacularly they fail, despite trying to do the right thing. You know, you want to tell me, all right, well, instead you kind of, you know, Rutherford retried, although I guess what, once you fail, you're done, right? So probably just a continuity error, probably just a case of you grabbed the board that you made for one scene and didn't maybe, you know, didn't think it through. So to me, no, no harm, no foul there.
1: The number of, hollow pods in the situations and you know not a dig here but in the best way kind of like a clip episode like let's take all these famous scenarios oh we're gonna have a drill instructor come and throw them at these um you know officers kobayashi maru there's also one called a time trap seemingly different from a time loop there's triple trouble there's from q to q And then the number of them that are named after classic episodes, uh, cause and effect, natural selection. Um, There's, uh, there's one called carbon based units. That's obviously a tip to the motion picture. Uh, Barnes Uh, uh, or the TNG
0: episode where there's the, uh, there's the laser drill that's killing people and, Walter Gotell from the uh, the James Bond movies plays terraforming guy who's hiding the thing.
1: Well, maybe is is that teleportation teleportation death tag?
0: It could be. Uh,
1: that's that's one that's listed on there as well. Whale rescue is one that Barnes is in at one point. Obviously, when we go to the Old West planet, that it's got the red horizon uh, from the uh, planet Hell. Uh, set studio uh, from the original series is a, is a wonderful nod, um, and then there's another one called Escape the Void.
0: I like this kind of somewhat meta, somewhat I don't know, somewhat not meta notion that this greatest hits of amazing Starfleet adventures, which we have seen as amazing Star Trek adventures, fine, it, you know, is a little tongue in cheek that. The time the Enterprise was in a you know a loop for six days that it's gotten the nickname Cause and Effect. Okay, that's a little tongue in cheek because that's the name of the episode. But like it's these amazing, it's these amazing adventures. It's this reminder that okay, more often than not, people survive. Or you sit and go, oh man, you had a Q adventure. I had a Q. It was the weirdest thing. Then I got transferred to DS Nine and Q showed, showed up there as well. Like. It, the fact that the, these are these are legendary stories that get passed around whether they're fairly recent or whether it's you know uh break out the, the the ship from space dock you know that the story that everyone's telling 100 years later it, i don't know It just we we re we re-watch those stories they retell those stories we are us they are them it was very very pleasant
1: Oh, it all works. I mean, that you have the, the Borg simulation one that Boimler is obviously trapped in and, you know, trying to 100% like uh, a video gamer would. You know, you're taking your run through Zelda or Metroid or whatever it is, and you didn't get all the items. You didn't do it in the appropriate time and going back to it. Like, that's a super identifiable aspect. And particularly for somebody like Boimler to do it, and then the wrinkles that they show. All right, he gets a he gets a couple more Borg out and he was, only goes up one percent. And then later on he's taught the Borg Queen empathy, but then the Borg have assimilated a feeling <laughs> uh and and made it their own and now are going to uh, assimilate Boimler. Um that was a great wrinkle on top of, you know, the the very end in the you know, the humorous poke at post-traumatic stress, uh, with Boimler, the last line of the episode, the Borg took everything that he was.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's, it. this is the kind of episode, this is the kind of tone that is so well suited for lower decks. Um, I mean, again, even down to, of course, Boimler has read everything on the Borg. And of course he wants to hear the Borg speech. Pete, I never had the pleasure, nor I think did, did you of the, um, was it called Star Trek experience? The thing that was in Las Vegas that was well-received for. Yes.
1: Much, never, never got there. <laughs>
0: um, apparently it was really well done. Even. Yeah. I think it had done a you know couple of iterations and a couple kind of, kinda, you know, um, dust offs and whatnot. Um, beloved by, by those who did it. And just this notion that you'd go there, you know, as scary as the Borg were on TV, you'd go there and be like, I'm doing the Borg adventure. Look, Riker is <laughs> telling me that we're under attack. like, of course, that's Boimler's spirit here. And of course, he wants to hear all this. And, uh, you know, it, again, super kind of identifiable.
1: And I think two things come out of that. One, we had seen the, uh, you know, trailers where we saw some Borg stuff. All right, they're going to do a Borg episode. But it just works so well within the conceit of this episode. The other thing that occurs less to Matt and I, because obviously we've seen all these and probably a great deal of our listeners are maybe the uninitiated of like, all right, taking a run through a, a Borg uh, simulation or any of these others for people to come to find out like, wait, that that was an episode. I'm going to go back and watch cause and effect and, and the time loop or, oh, my God, it's Frazier and everything like that.
0: Pete, are you proposing that sometimes Star Trek isn't made for the uber fan and that sometimes it's made for new people? Oh, the, 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 the nerve, the nerve. And you know what? When I'm watching Prodigy there with my, with my uh, Voyager concordance to make sure that every reference is accurate, you know, <laughs> it had better be. And this, this had better not be some show that's for kids.
1: Well, should we talk about this week's big controversy and use our neutral zone, uh, you know, get in and out uh, card? Uh,
0: Absolutely. I think doubly since um, I think overall the the use of the neutral zone rule to just – tune out some of those folks i think we've earned enough to sit and go well pete you know what oh impulse engine's not working drifting into the neutral zone so pete we're officially in the neutral zone speak your truth
1: so naked time is a classic it's not just a classic episode it was done on both iterations of the enterprise where they encountered a virus that made them lose their inhibitions Okay, maybe a bit much to go back to it for the next generation, but it it yields its own, you know, classic moments that can also be viewed as, I don't know, Matt, light. And, you know, not serious sci-fi stuff. We're going to contemplate a machine uh, taking over a, a culture for the 15th time. So... There's that. And then that one of the simulations takes Mariner into Naked Time. And there's a whole lot of Naked Time, yet they, they show some restraint on Naked Time because there's a black box over um, Boimler's Naked Area. Uh, but there are people who claim to be Star Trek fans, have lost their minds on social media uh yet again this is what star trek is now
0: i mean you go back and watch um naked now which was the tng episode (laughs) particularly you watch it you know not on your you know whatever your your 25 inch cathode raid uh cathode ray tube TV in 1987 you watched on your big tv in hd i mean pete let's just call it what it is they they, they, is it geordie geordie goes into one of these cabins that's been iced over because they've turned the, the the air conditioner up too much i mean there's just many many dead naked people uh you know covered strategically and so forth but i mean source of an orgy that's That's what's going on there. Let alone, you know, there's people who, in the course of that episode, you know, they they blow the airlock and whatnot. You know, delusionally committing suicide. Again, it's a lighter episode overall, but it's not one without stakes.
1: Matt, Gene Roddenberry had nothing to do with either of those two episodes.
0: (laughs) Well, that's just it. You can't not Gene's Trek it when they're doing a direct (laughs) callback to two episodes that he directly oversaw this isn't even like well you know original series season three he had a foot out the door or you know after the first season or first half season i don't remember what it is but you know certainly by by season two of uh tng you know he had been gene had been pushed out you know blah blah blah. i mean this is just this is just gene would be smiling at this i suspect um and you know okay I, i honestly the the restraint that they show in showing black box Boimler for as brief as it is. I think that just adds to the humor. Um, yes.
1: And know. we're also, you know, so these are holograms, uh, who's to say that there couldn't be because they're using crewmates that that wouldn't pop up. I mean, we had the Sonic shower scene a little earlier this season where they used the effect to blur out uh, genitalia. Okay, it worked. Um, and now, this idea that these are people that she knows professionally and personally that the Hollow Simulator is recreating, then without their consent, why wouldn't it black box it?
0: I think that's an excellent suggestion there that it's with, uh, you know, obviously the Naked Time, Naked Now. Threat is one that's known or it's you know it's it's an oldie but a goodie in terms of you know starfleet tales of of yore um yeah and along the way you 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 black box some of the nudity just just for slightly more professional take on this crazy thing that has happened in to multiple generations of of enterprise it works you know it, it works and it's just part of this goofy episode um i suspect pete I don't know people who are upset about that it's 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 more of this weird subset of people who are either watching to hate watch or i I don't exactly know what it is. I just feel like slowly their volume is is being turned down.
1: The best has been seeing the response on social media to those you know false pearl clutching uh takes you know people showing. Uh, Kirk from the original series with the phallic rock uh, and all sorts of other references that obviously were done while Roddenberry was actively producing and helping to create the show. So we need to slow down those people on the drummed up outrage
0: Absolutely. It's, it's all going to be okay with our animated Star Trek.
1: Let's steer it back from the neutral zone into the mirror universe, Matt. The, the number of things done there in the brief time that Mariner is there, the different takes on our characters, that Dr. Miglimo uh, is on a falconer's perch <laughs> with a little hat on and wants to obviously as a bird of prey in that universe attack her is a great use of that character
0: oh it is and i mean also it works on multiple levels one it's you know it's a little bit of a dirty joke i think there's vaguely uh you know there's it's not just he's a bird who's now in a falconer situation although there's that oh there's
1: a sadomasochistic uh vibe to it as well
0: (laughs) yeah Um, And then you add to it, you know, let's not forget the Terrans are, you know, kind of Terran supremacists. So, of course, somebody of our universe's, Miglimo's potential mentally and so on and so forth, of course, it's going to be completely squandered and, you know, he's going to be a slave type thing, you know. Okay. Um, I love the the facial hair humor. I love that Billups has a beard but no mustache because, of course, in our universe, he has a mustache and no beard. Um, I love I love the show the throw the, the show throwing shade onto Boimler that he kind of has a scraggly mustache going on <laughs> but it's, it's it's not quite doing anything you know it's yeah not not her suit enough uh back to Billups,
1: though directly carrying over from the previous week what we learned you know that He's a prince that if he uh, loses his virginity, he becomes king and assumes the throne. In the Mirror Universe, of course, everybody's, you know, Randy, and he's especially Randy. <laughs>
0: um, yeah, you know what? It just speaks to the quality of the simulation. We've seen this before uh, where, you know, I think of some of the Barclay stuff, you know, I, I guess it's easy enough to do a, to do a carbon copy in the holodeck, and when you need to do a carbon mirror copy, um, that works just as well uh, for for those purposes.
1: Except, of course, their Mariner is uh, right-handed, and that's the giveaway. It usually comes down to little differences like that in the Mirror Universe. So again, anybody that could freak out like, oh, you went too far, that they're following these tropes as accurately as they do again, shows the love, not laughing at, but laughing with.
0: Absolutely. It, particularly since all these mirror episodes or many of the mirror episodes, it's kind of dependent on, we need to keep the secret, um, which you was know, clearly the classic Trek vibe that they were going for uh, in this episode.
1: The Tendi uh, simulation, uh, needing to euthanize a Klingon again, coming from a classic episode, but that the Klingon broke his back picking up a peanut, I think, might be the best way to to kick off that situation.
0: It is, and you know what, I I, I think they handled that little mini adventure um, well with the appropriate humor and so forth. I know that um obviously they're referencing the TNG episode where Worf breaks his back uh i believe that was was either stacked crates or stacked drums um but i know that people have gone back and looked at that TNG episode and said hey the one message through the sci-fi lens is hey disabled person commit suicide um which i don't think was the intention of the episode but i think if you were yeah. to make it today you might you might say let's 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 maybe lean a little less on warrior says suicide and and be aware that it. it's also a metaphor for you know now somebody has a traumatic spinal cord injury and can we teach them to live with that not be like suicide is great um so i think keeping that in the background of that episode keeping that whole that whole um discussion the fact that <laughs> the fact that among other things a story like this for Tendi, at least, uh, there's no right, there seems to be no right answer, you know? Um, don't not let him not commit no suicide. What's the conclusion? Nah, nah, Tendi fails.
1: Right, I mean, that she references the Hippocratic Oath and she loses points <laughs> is is a great bit. And again, like you're saying, the the ableism that it might be viewed through if it were made today, I mean, obviously that was a response to the Dr. Kedvorkian, um, you know, story in the news at the time when it was made and the subjective euthanasia. Um, I love the detail in it. The guy falls off the table and you're like, oh, that's how he's going to go. Is she going to pass? Because, you know, uh, he fell. Uh, nope, he's there. Here come the red surgeon guys in the, in the outfits. <laughs> Just a great
0: bit. And, of course, all of it, an early clue that it's rigged. Um, and, again, it's like it's all kind of played for for laughs or it's the meta thing of, oh, no, this is this, you know, somewhat controversial story point from TNG. Um, it's slowly it's at a point in the episode where we're slowly building this resume that you kind of can't pass um, which, of course, is the crux of it all later on.
1: That the command crew needs to go through lower deck simulations is spelled out so effortlessly that uh, the captain stood in the back of a banquet. <laughs> Something we see lower deckers do and, and just hang out, and that's, that's the whole simulation. But when they all four of them wind up going into a simulation, they cling on encounter where they're made to stack uh, octagonal uh, crates that have a difficulty in terms of stacking, obviously. And then the midway through that simulation, the simulated, uh, you know, command officer comes in and there's simultaneously a Q attack just this amalgam of things that are uniquely Star Trek and here all made to be humorous
0: while still fitting with, you know, I know, I know a a moment ago I was saying, let's not forget that this whole uh, training program is a sham meant for them to fail. Nonetheless, this little mini, uh, the, the mini lesson of this training point could be, or could have been before it was corrupted. So the you know so the 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 drill instructor could you know earn points herself and so on and so forth. But just this notion of hey you're underusing your lowest level people because you think they don't have any potential. Meanwhile, there's all this stuff going on. You know, blah blah blah. It's it it works on every level. It works for just pure humor. It works for hey the 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 false program is um, wasting their time as well as hey it's based on a true program or a true lesson of you know use your people
1: spock seems to be one that a lot of these simulations are fixated on and that they have to escape from the space dock stealing the enterprise to go save spock on the genesis planet uh another nod to the movies
0: yeah i mean nice nice touch and i think it's you know you kind of look at the star trek resume and kirk and spock uh Spock and Kirk Kirk being that you know the the fair-haired golden boy who you know gets the girl and you know wins the day and so forth he's kind of the constant and Spock in a weird way being the variable in that it's this emotional turmoil and he's the outsider and you know he's got he, he's he got special the special alien powers of you know uh, uh mind meld and nerve pinch and so on and so forth that can be used at different points of course, Spock, all these years later, let's say within Starfleet, um, within the world of Star Trek, that is to say, uh, you know, of course, there's all these legendary things connected to him um, versus, say, you know, Kirk, who I'm sure everybody knows about, but it's like Kirk did the right thing and made the right choices. All right, it's not tough to do the Kirk simulation where you just say, "Ah, oh, let me do what Kirk did.
1: Not simulations, but used From uh, the backlog, obviously, of the the events that have gone on through the 800 plus episodes of Star Trek, we have reference to the crystalline or crystalline uh, entities here. It, It must be crystalline entity season. There's so many of them. And then a nod to the motion picture with that asteroid effect, at least the original take on it.
0: Uh, when Captain Freeman pronounced crystalline a little bit differently than it normally is in Star Trek, um, it crossed my mind. Ooh, did Dawn Lewis maybe say the line differently, and nobody caught it because you're doing a, you know, a Zoom recording session, and you're just doing all her stuff and and things of that sort. Um, whether that was the case, or whether it was just a different take, or yeah, you know, or whatever. Oh, I think
1: that was direction. Okay,
0: I mean, r- regardless, it was. It was great to see the iconic crystalline entity come back. Um, it was great to see just this notion that again, it's one of these things where you might never see one, but darned if it isn't gonna get um, taught at the academy. Um, or I guess conversely, the fact that you can just do a scan and most of the time they're just out there doing their own thing. they're staying away from inhabited planets. Uh, and if they want to eat a you know, eat a dead planet, okay, you you go be you crystalline entity. Uh, Or we could, uh, you know, zoom in closer and uh, get some scans and scare the instructor.
1: Okay, so we're going to do something now. This is completely unscripted. I've not told Matt about this. You are allowed to choose anything in all of Star Trek to throw in for one of these hollow simulations um, that uh, could... Uh, be something the crew could face. Matt, what would you pick?
0: Um, I think, Pete, it's something that we have uh, that we have discussed many, many times before in the podcast. I feel like it's a it's a through line because of when the episode happened during during my formative years and so forth. Uh, I would say it would have to be uh, justice the TNG episode I want to go back to the planet (laughs) of the nap uh, napkin wearing people um you know uh, what what is that Rubicon 3 I I have to admit I had to look that one up but I just think that there's
1: it's a a sewage treatment plant (laughs) it really is a sewage treatment plant in Um, uh, Los Angeles County
0: I think it would be fun especially you know Can I fail the first time? Because I think the first time would be like, let's save the Wesley at gunpoint. Okay, oh, I I did the wrong thing. The
1: only way you win it—it's a reverse Kobayashi Maru. The only way you win that is by failing it.
0: (laughs) By letting Wesley get put to death,
1: (laughs) or like you—you do something to offend them, or you know, were they made to wear the the sexy time outfits? Because that could be a thing too. Like that, your your napkin could fall off.
0: Uh, let's hope the black bar is uh, still built into the simulator.
1: Uh, mine, Matt, is going to be a little bit of a wrinkle. So seizing upon Jeffrey Combs' uh, appearance last week, uh, my hollow simulation would involve as many Jeffrey Combs characters as possible, and the challenge is to figure out which one is not voiced by him.
0: Uh, that is That's awfully meta, and I love it.
1: It'd be interesting to know which ones they had in the writers' room that they held back on.
0: Huh. Yeah. Um. And was it just it was it was it held back on because it somehow became problematic or less funny? Um. I don't know. It's a good question. I wonder too. You know, obviously cost of this cost of this show cost of any production is not an insignificant thing you know are they married to hit the 24 minute mark could you you know at a certain point you go all right we were going to show uh we were going to show so and so in the whale simulation uh, word came down they don't want to you know they don't want to do those 90 seconds of animation um you know the, the whole process uh was gonna cut that down. I, I I don't know. I think that I think that we got the best ones for this episode, but it, it would be interesting to know which ones just missed the cut.
1: Um the uh, drill instructor tells our characters here that most of the Federation does not even know that the California class ship exists. Which given the creation of it now oddly works.
0: Um, yeah, it's it's meta for the Star Trek fan who didn't know it existed until Lower Decks was announced as a show, oh, which, okay, we can understand why it didn't exist until it existed for fiction purposes. Um, I think the slam is also a good one. It's a reminder that the, the crew that we see here on the Cerritos this is these are not the Wesleys in the Academy that clearly are headed places. It's not Jim Kirk. Oh my goodness, the only person to ever, you know, defeat the Kobayashi Maru, you know, won an won an award for how he cheated. Like, you know, it, these are not those legendary people. Um and I think that it's a nice reminder, if nothing else, that there's just a bit of sadness in this show. You know, it's kind of like Cheers is a great show, but why doesn't norm want to go home like it's it's not there as a story point it's not a very special episode uh type thing but it's just enough to go oh it's not it's not all jim carrey all the time with just craziness and talk out of your butt and all that there's a little there's a little kind of real world sadness here just to make the funnies that much more funny
1: by giving the lower deckers an upgraded replicator with a lot of the senior officer codes in at the end of the episode, they've really begun to blur the lines between command crew and our regular characters.
0: They have. And I will, I will happily defer to the star Trek vision that in the future, you know, we'll have a moneyless society and those things won't make a difference towards your happiness because whatever you want, you'll be able to have and you can, explore yourself more philosophically or you know uh, spend time getting more healthy or you know whatever it is learn that new hobby so on and so forth because you're not working the extra hours so that you can you know uh, put extra food on the table that kind of thing that said you know we are creatures who enjoy who enjoy stimulations of various sorts if not money then now okay is I guess food is food was thought to be a motivator but now they've as you said pete they've broken that down as a motivation to move up in rank so what it's the nicer the nicer rooms i mean i would happily not sleep in the hallway and get my own room i would i would work hard to get lieutenant junior grade status for that um it, you know so is it a is it a dumb command decision made by the command crew or is it just a means to an end to get a yuck yuck at the end of the episode could be one, could be the other. Maybe it's both. With that, Pete, let's go to hailing frequencies. Hailing frequencies open, sir. We go to our Twitter poll, uh, which, uh, again, Pete, I'm having fun not coming up with a four, three, two, one, but rather a, a qualitative poll each week. Um, which one of the choices matches your feeling about the episode? Which uh, training simulation? Uh, Pete, the first choice youtubers cancel trek that got zero percent pete the youtubers who want to cancel star trek can't even vote for themselves in a poll that uses hashtag star trek lower decks and hashtag star trek come on do you even cancel oh, star God. trek bro um right the other choices um borg encounter got 32.4 percent save the whales got 17.6 percent and then pete because look, I think we know our audience, and our audience knows us, and Star Trek audiences know each other. Fifty percent of the people said, what, uh, "What, which training simulation matched their feeling?" Fifty percent said, "Naked Time." We also heard <laughs> from J.T. Adkins. It's at JTA. Is me. Uh, love the scrappy quotient for our lower Deckers. Uh, Spock voice, not Decker unit. I'm glad there is a twist beyond team building. I think they're ready to face the ultimate challenge, the wrath of Badgie. So Pete, do we get Badgie in the next two episodes?
1: (laughs) Uh, He would have been a great hollow uh, simulation uh, inclusion or could have shut him down or something. The episode could have gone sideways. I don't think we're going to get Badgie the next two episodes i i stand ready to be uh delightfully surprised but i i think everything uh sends us back towards the lid storyline
0: i i feel like if they want to do a two-parter well ba- basic math says next week would be the first part of that uh we heard from james the sagacious it's at big Killen on twitter i'm pretty sure we can't say that this show is mimicking the tng's sexy frolicking scenes that was shocking the royal guards from last <laughs> week would have blushed boims went james bond on a borg <laughs> <laughs> uh, he did he did um what of it that's at uh kclyle1 on twitter said i think this may be my favorite episode so far once again laugh out loud funny Naked time was outrageous in the best way, and Boimler versus the Borg was good because you knew he was going to end up back at the bottom, uh, in the end. Because Boimler, so so great. Heard from Jackie Wolf. That's at Jackie Wolf on Twitter. Somehow Lower Decks manages to outdo itself every week. I love the Taana Shaq's relationship and hope we see more of it. I just watched the Mirror Mirror episode of TOS, so I loved Mariner's Mirror Universe outfit, which was identical to Uhura's. Uh, we heard yep. from Spider Ham Lincoln. That's at Tess LC 139. Mirrorverse Miglimo. That's it. That's the tweet. Am I right? <laughs> at Paul F. Tompkins. Uh, and Pete, we got a response from Jackie Wolf, who said that got one of the biggest laughs out of me for the entire episode. So uh, Mr. Paul F. Tompkins not replying uh, yet, but uh, hopefully he will.
1: We didn't hear his voice. He may not even be aware of what his character went through in this episode.
0: That is a very, very fair point. Now, Paul F. Tompkins, of course, no stranger to the world of podcasting, as indeed are we, Pete, along with those who support us on Patreon.com slash Fantastic Geek.
1: Yes, and as we get ready to bring you uh, some different type of coverage for us when it comes to your Comic Con as we head into this fourth quarter of the year the bills soon are going to start to come due on the bandwidth and all the other costs associated with doing this podcast so get yourself over to patreon.com slash you place the value the price on the podcast uh all sorts of exclusives available for you there it takes just a dollar to get you behind that door
0: so proud as always to be listener supported especially as we look ahead let's say what in the next six weeks uh heck pete let's just say between now and the end of uh of november more what if as that starts to wrap up soon the conclusion of lower decks uh previewing some of the upcoming disney plus marvel shows got disney plus day shung chi discovery be talking some boba fett be talking some hawkeye Busy, busy times and uh, glad to be along on the journey with everybody. Pete, how can people be in touch with you to talk about these last two season two episodes of Lower Decks?
1: You find me on Twitter at Peter, P-I-E-T-E-R-J K L R K E T E L A A R 12,074 followers. Can't be wrong.
0: And while I'm personally on Twitter is looking back lost, do me in touch with the podcast, comment on fantasticgeek.com. Check us out on Twitter, Instagram, and Gmail, where we are fantastic geek as well. wait, maybe there's more. Facebook.com slash
1: fantasticgeek, all one word with the P and the H like it today.
0: If you are listening on the pop culture podcast feed, we will be back next Saturday to talk the season finale of What If? If you're here just for the Star Trek content, we'll be back to talk the penultimate episode of Season 2 of Lower Decks next Sunday. With that, Pete, I will say adios to all our listeners and give you the final word. This
1: one's going to puke.
0: She never fails to take
1: my breath away. I wish I could kiss her and squeeze her. Excuse me.